0: Hey, this is Ralph D'Amato, the producer from Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. And I'm just uh, here with Greg and Sam from We Podcast and We Know Things. Check them out.
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 190 Friggin' Nine of we podcast and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news my name is greg hall and alongside of me as almost always he's got the best damn kickflip in the business sam Matora.
0: <laughs> i wish i could still do a kickflip actually i was on a scooter the other today bro landed six tail whips. the kids still got it
1: <laughs> the kids still got it if you didn't do a one-footed grind to a one-handed landing i'm out brother
0: one-hander-lander,
1: baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Episode 199, one away from 200. And you'll you'll find out in just a moment why I you know, kind of primed up Sam with a skateboarding reference there. But episode 199, brother, we're almost at the 200. This is kind of crazy.
0: I, I, I never in my wildest dreams I thought we'd make it here, but I'm, I'm happy and glad we made it.
1: I honestly questioned if we'd get to episode two.
0: Dude, I can't believe we did one. I still remember that. You ready? And I was like, well, never been in behind my, my mic before, but let, let's do it.
1: Yeah, literally, our episode one was the first time you ever did anything like this in your life. And I would say you mission accomplished, dude.
0: I mean, I, I don't want to go back ever and listen to, to episode one. But I mean, if you say so, I'll take it. But I know I was horrible, but I'll just take it and say thank
1: you. We, I listened to episode one, my friend. And, and while both of us say the phrase, to me, a lot. Like to me, this game sucked. To me, this movie was awesome. To me, we do that almost every sentence. Uh, that's more. It,
0: it is to us. You know, we don't want to make people saying it's a horrible game. But I hear you. I yeah. And
1: and I think the first ever question I ask you, you misinterpreted. So other than that, <laughs> 198 episodes later, we're still doing the damn thing. Uh, we appreciate you uh, out there, the kind listener, and I'll double down on that for a listener we've mentioned him on the show before but I just have to kind of double down even further M Cassini uh Mike I just want to say thank you um because um this guy not only has he been with us for a while he continues it's been to a hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a ride. He continues to support the show whether it was you know uh monetarily or on iTunes or just some kind words and he struck again with some really, really kind words that I just wanted to share, I asked him if it was okay. He said yes. He DM'd the pod the other day on Instagram at We Podcast and We Know Things just to drop a line, and he said, "And I quote: I'm listening to episode 198 while driving down uh, while driving the family down to Wildwood Crest and, the, and Cape May. Congratulations on four years! I want to say I started around episode 71. Keep the goodness coming.
0: Wow." Um, well, Mike's man, we, we've known that for a while. We always stay in touch, but I know he uh, commented me on a post saying, "Like, hey, hey, AMC's going to be open to senior mutes." I said, "I'll wait for Disney Plus." He just left.
1: Yeah, 128 episodes, right? Yeah, 128 episodes. If he I listens trust, to I this, I trust one. your math better than mine. And that's not counting any bonus episodes. So he, if he listens to the interviews, he's probably in the 160s. Like that. God bless
0: that man and his family.
1: That's over. That's over 250 hours of content. Can you can you like fathom that somebody's been listening I, I, to us talk for yeah, 250 all, hours? All I
0: can say is, you know, thank you. Firm, firm handshakes and, you know, have a nice beer. That's, that's
1: the best I can offer my friend. Fuck that, man. Hugs. You're getting hugs. I don't care about the Rona. You're getting hugs, brother. <laughs>
0: Take a chance, Columbus, did.
1: Thank you so much, Mike, for the kind words. And thank you to everybody who's been on this crazy journey. I mean, we've been around for 230, 240 episodes now, but we don't count the bonuses as mainline episodes. Um, we like to give them their own place to shine. So this being episode 199, just thanks to everybody who's been on the ride. And I'm sure we'll get sappy about it next week in episode 200, but we got a big show for you tonight. We're going to talk about an interview we just did hot off the presses as we're recording this episode, the 13th of August on Thursday night at eight 49 PM crazy late for us. Holy shit. Uh, who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? Because uh, I got to edit two episodes when this shit's done. But anyway, after this, we got our uh, we're going to talk about that interview. We got our picks of the week. Sam can win trivia tonight. He can win trivia. It's ten and a half for Sam. I blew the lead again. Nine and a half for me. He'll then take I'll over. i tell you
0: what. I, I got a Pokemon question for you. I think it's in your realm. You know me. I always like to give my friend a chance. You know, I don't want to just kind of give you a crazy ass question. So. I gave we'll you one.
1: Happens. I gave you one in comics. It's kind of in your wheelhouse. So all
0: right. So we're we're on the same ballpark. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, Sam will take it from there in gaming. Where then I'll jump back in the hosting seat for movies, TV. Sam will give us his CGC spotlight, and we'll be one more episode closer to 200. But let's start it off by talking about this interview we just got done interviewing Ralph D'Amato, producer of "Pretending I'm a Superman," the Tony Hawk pro skater story. That's right, a documentary all about the Tony Hawk pro skater games. Ralph was a producer for that documentary and what a great hour long conversation that was.
0: It, it was absolutely fantastic. And, I, and I'm just honored that, you know, obviously we get to do this podcast and you know, we were lucky enough to, to kind of see a, a, an early screening of the film. And I, I know I loved it and I know you loved it.
1: It was such an early screening that they changed the freaking credit song on us.
0: Yeah. You'll find out what song and why they did that during the interview but that was that was that
1: was an awesome change i went in all confident and i was like i'm gonna drop this may 16th ender because my birthday's the next day and he was like nah bitch so yeah
0: no it, it, that, that was awesome
1: it was funny but yeah such a fun interview um that'll be out on monday so monday august 17th you'll be able to hear that one day before the documentary drops on the 18th available digitally wherever you can get your shit. Um, yeah, so
0: it's like now it's like we, we have to watch it again because we have to see if they added what you know. What if they tweak to something else? So yeah, we'll definitely rewatch. You,
1: you got to watch the final cut. And quite frankly, the song that they chose for the end credits in the style they did, I got to hear it.
0: I just, yeah, I it, just hear I, it I think that was meant to be.
1: We talked about so Ralph was a producer not only on the film but he was also a producer at NeverSoft on eight of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games up through Project Eight. So we talk about. That, too. Don't get me wrong. We go behind the scenes on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Games, from interviews with skaters to uh, physics to all the cool things that made Tony Hawk special, then diving into the documentary itself and trying to transition of, hey, this wasn't your directorial film, like another guy directs these movies. Ludvig gur from Sweden is the actual director. What was that like being a producer on the film versus being a producer on a video game and, and all this cool stuff? And where was Bucky? We talk about it all, friend.
0: It was a really good conversation. I'm glad that you know, he gave us the time.
1: Yeah. So, uh, that'll be available on the 17th on Monday. Look forward to that. It'll be its own bonus episode in our feed, not tacked on to this episode itself. So the nice buffer between 199 and 200, of course it's an interview because that's what we do. Uh, and,
0: and to me, to me, it was like our little bonus of, of 200. It was like here, you know, we, we got lucky with this one. So to me, it, it just felt like so, so right.
1: Yeah. And honestly, this was the perfect interview to take us into 200 because it's a medium that speaks and a topic that's very, very close to us. So, uh, Tony Hawk pro skater. I mean, like, Holy shit. It's we, we, grew, we
0: were, we were, nineties kids. We, we grew up with it. So of course we loved it.
1: Yeah. So Sam, let's start off the show with our picks of the week.
0: So, you know, I've, I've been on a little YouTube hole lately. Like I, I've been watching all kinds of stuff, but one thing that I watched this week that I really liked was the Todd McFarland, like hell I won't documentary on sci-fi wire YouTube completely. Completely Free 43 minutes. And I felt like it just, you know, you know, flew by. Obviously, if you know, Tom McFarlane, he was the creator of Spawn. He worked on titles of Hulk. He did Spider-Man. You know, when, when he did Spider-Man for Marvel, it sold two and a half million copies. Of the number one, which is absolutely which was the most at that time now was surpassed. But you get interviews with Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Mark Bernard's there. Joe Caseda at the time, the Marvel's entertainment uh, creative director. Uh, Robert Kirkman. So you, you have a lot of people there just kind of giving their side of the story of what it was like for Todd and how passionate it was. And you see that kind of like he he didn't have the freedom he really wanted at Marvel, which has basically led to him doing Image Comics, starting Spawn and kind of him, Jim Lee and all them guys doing their own thing. You know, Rob Liefeld, all that, you know, and it kind of shows you that it all wasn't just sunshine and rainbows like he had his legal battles and stuff like that. So kind of brings you through all that journey and his his road to Spawn 300, which I own. I by the way, it's beautiful, great story, and you kind of just get a peek inside the mind of what what kept him going, what what kept him ticking and motivated. And I, I thought it was brilliant. So, if you have forty three minutes on YouTube, completely free, Todd McFarlane, like hell, I Won.
1: Wow, all that in just forty three minutes, huh?
0: Yeah, and that's what I was like, man. I, I could have watched you know an hour and a half of this, but you know, I'll take what I can
1: get. Yeah, for sure. Mine is a uh, it's a Netflix series. Um, it's been in my queue for like two years and I just never got all about it. (laughs) Tell me about it. And like, I just never got around to watching it, but after I got done, what will be a future pick of the week? I just said, all right, this, I like this genre. This has been sitting in my queue for two years. Let me just give it a shot. And it turned out to be amazing. Like I'm talking. It's final run is coming in 2021. Season three was this year. I'm talking like, quickly becoming one of my favorite shows from a Netflix original standpoint and I'm talking about atypical. Have you heard of this? I don't think I have Yeah so basically atypical follows the journey of a kid who's about to graduate high school I think he's 18 uh, with autism and it's a it's a comedy it's not you know it's not a drama or anything like that it's a, it's a teen comedy type deal. Um, he's got a younger sister who, who goes to the same school, helps him through some things. And, and he's obsessed with Antarctica and he talks a lot about that. And it's like his, his trigger that makes him, you know, gets him through the day or or when he's in a tough situation and he loves to give out facts and things like that. And he, he tells the truth way too much and it gets him into some precarious situations, but it's a really like, I won't say lighthearted because at the end of the day he's, he's battling autism, but it's funny. It's witty It goes there. It gives me exactly what I want out of like a 30, 35-minute show. It's got a really good B and C storyline. It's not just an A story and it's kind of weak on the other ends. Uh, I really like the side stories that it offers with the parents and also with his sister and and what she goes through and some uh, journeys specifically in season two that she has to go through that I really enjoy because it spoke to me. I went through something similar. So really, really good show. Atypical on Netflix. I know I'm not the only one of our listeners who likes it. Uh, I know there's a couple people out there that have mentioned it in the past, which is why I've put it in my queue at at the first Uh, in the first place, but it really lived up to it. I'm really looking forward to season four, the final season in 2021. I've been putting it off long enough, Sam. Uh, It's time to do trivia. I I don't want to lose. I don't want, I don't want it to be over. I don't want to blow another three to five point lead, Uh, but the time has come. Go ahead.
0: I will ask it first. Yeah. We'll see what happens.
1: Give me the chance to tie.
0: How many Pokemon cards are in the fire red leaf green set in English?
1: That what? Can you repeat the question?
0: How many Pokemon cards are in the fire red leaf green set in English? I thought, you know, maybe, you know, I know we were big back in the day with Pokemon cards, you know, you're privy with numbers. and I thought maybe this was maybe in your realm. I took a chance.
1: We'll see, uh, English, we'll see if it pays off. In English. You're you're not talking about the uh the base set, like the original. Because I can give you that one.
0: Yeah, I, this is the fire red leaf green set in English. That's that's what the question is. Not seven, total I cards
1: it in English. Yes. Yeah, in give, English. Give, give me the, the answers. I have I have no idea.
0: Okay. I have A83, B94, C one oh two, D one sixteen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't you love when that happens. Uh, you think you have a number, and then it's not.
1: So strategically, all I have to do is get this right.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's it.
1: Because then you can't win. Because then at most you'll be up a point and a half. Because remember, it's race to eleven, yeah, but win I'm by not, two. Don't
0: tell me that we've always played win by two.
1: It's got to be win by two. This is
0: all you need. Twenty five percent chance, brother. Uh,
1: I I don't know. Give me the answers one more time.
0: A eighty three. B ninety four. C one hundred two.
1: The thing you're saying though, you're specifying in English.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was that it was that was in the question, so I felt like that was super important. So I made sure that I, you know, included
1: it. I have I'm getting a four sided die. I'm walking now and I'm getting a four sided die, and I'm just gonna roll it. All (laughs) right. And if it's one, it's A, two, B, three, C part of the dice. Let the let the fates decide if Sam's gonna be the trivia champion or if I have a a chance to get to come back. Yeah. That was loud, and I apologize for everybody. It landed on four, so I'm just going to go with D and cross my fingers.
0: Dude, that is correct. No. 116. it, hard of the dice. Just
1: like you, heart of the cards, hard of the dice. Bro, Bro. on epi- if this was episode 200, that would have been even cooler, but I got to update this. It's now 10.5 to 10. I think last week I just guessed two. I, I
0: think I think you did have a double. You might be on a two three guess rate, so you've been on a good, good road. Just keep keep guessing, keep going with your gut because it's working.
1: That's sick. The die, man, of all things, the die have kept me nope. has kept me in the you game.
0: Better keep, you better keep that handy for next episode if you get confused.
1: All right, man. This is a comic book question. It's now ten and a half to ten. I'm within striking distance. Yeah. Star Girl is not Blue Valley's only appearance. It has appeared before in the comics. Which DC hero was the first to call Blue Valley their hometown?
0: Wait, repeat the question?
1: Well, I kind of went like on my own on that, so I can't repeat it word for word. Oh, yeah. Just hit me again.
0: I'll
1: give you the premise. Stargirl, the TV show, is not the only time Blue Valley, where they live, Blue Valley, Nebraska, it's not its only appearance. It was around in the comic books, too. Which DC hero was the first to call Blue Valley their hometown?
0: That's interesting. It's, it's like, I feel like I should know this and it's on the tip of my tongue. I, I, it could be so obvious. I'll, I'll give me the answers. I, I just want to play it safe.
1: Superboy, Kid Flash, Aqualad, or Artemis Crock?
0: I'm in my right blue valley. Blue valley. Who the hell is in blue valley? Say them again, please.
1: Superboy, Kid Flash, Aqualad, or Artemis Croc.
0: Let's go with Kid Flash.
1: It is correct. Awesome. I would have accepted. I, I, I would have accepted Wally West if you said it. Just to I'm let sorry, you
0: know. no, but I, I it, with Flash, it it just sounded right. And I'm glad I went with my gut and not, you know, well, I'm trying to double guess myself. Isn't Aqualad.
1: isn't Aqualad like from the sea? Like I'd imagine that he, he, he'd he be out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Aklai was from this, but he, he, I don't know if he had another thing. I don't know if he was like similar, like cast away and he kind of, I, I forget his origin.
1: But. Yeah. I I went with all young justice just to try to keep it in the family.
0: No, 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 you, you did good. It just blue Valley. It just felt like flash to me. So,
1: so you're still oh, up by awesome. one. So my, I'm still puckered up for next week. Episode 200. What if it is where you end it on episode 200? I will be devastated. <laughs>
0: Wouldn't that be great? What perfect timing of everything is.
1: It took us two hundred episodes to crown a best of five champion. Oh god! Like
0: it's honestly, Greg. I think it's meant to be.
1: We should next week. We should not be able to get answers. We should just have to know it. But anyway, let's let's get into the rest of the show.
0: (laughs) All right, I'll I'll take it over in gaming. We'll start off rocksteady officially confirms its next game
1: yeah and, and more more to come it'll be uh unveiled fully at, not maybe not fully but it'll be unveiled at Fandome, which by the way is nine days away holy I, shit
0: and dude, I, I just see the list that they have out and it's like well, I, I can't I, I can't believe they assembled all this
1: you did a marvel thing you said assemble uh for a dc thing that's genius um, I, I heard, I, the, I, I heard the rock was bl- bringing black Adam too. And like added it to the list late or some craziness.
0: Oh yeah. dude, He, he already said black Adam's going to be there. You know, yeah. Of course, hopefully we see a little tease of suicide squad and Batman. Mm-hmm. There's just so much shit that we got to see. I, I cannot freak you out. I don't even, I got to pull it all nighter. I've been <laughs> pulling all nighter in
1: 20 years. Pe- speaking of the suicide squad, that is the game. I mean, we talked about the rumors that it was going to be suicide S- squad kills the justice league from rocksteady. But Rocksteady came out and they released an official image of Superman with a target on his head and the target said Suicide Squad with the hashtag Suicide Squad game. So Rocksteady, after all this, not making a game since 2015's Arkham Knight, is not giving us, you know, the new Batman game, which we knew was WB Games anyway. It's not giving us a Justice League game like so many wanted it is giving us a suicide squad game where we play as the bad guys that now that it's confirmed that is just that much cooler.
0: And, uh, you know, with Superman on the, the image that they posted, it kind of makes it seem like the rumors, like they're working on Superman, all these games. So it's like, yeah, they were kind of right. Like, yeah, Superman's in this game. Suicide squad possibly has to kill Superman. So like, that's, it came out of nowhere and and I'm all here for it. Good sure thought.
1: I didn't even think of that. I didn't even realize like they were rumored to be making a Superman game for so long. And then it turns out that the image is Superman, but with a target, like that's actually a good thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's just like wow. So the, maybe the little news they heard—that's the little whispers they heard there. But then hear the full picture. That it was the Suicide Squad after them. Like I, I think it's genius.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the only downside and the only thing I'm disappointed with is after five years from not hearing a peep about Rocksteady, it was just a random Friday afternoon tweet, and it's like it deserved a little more. I get the reason they did it because they want more eyes and ears on fandom and exactly.
0: Get, get the buzz going, get people on. Exactly. Like, I mean, I, I hear you, you, you kind of hope they, you know, maybe in the PS five, they kind of hit you with that. That, of course, that would have been an awesome way to re- revealed by, Hey, let, open up Twitter. that There's the new rocksteady game.
1: Yeah. And I like, that's how Nintendo has been doing it recently. And it's annoying. Like the Pikmin game and paper Mario, just kind yeah, of, yeah. just kind of revealed and not really with any. So like, you're right. I think if the PS five event or, or even the Xbox Series X event, whatever, if one of them showed up with this game, and even at the end, if it was just a quick teaser and it said more to come at Fandome, I think that, because there were 600,000 people watching those things, I think that would have gotten more eyes on Fandome. But I get it. DC, this is going to be their biggest presentation, arguably in the history of their at least entertainment division. And... They want to go all out. I mean, there's a possibility that WB's Batman game is there. There's a possibility that another DC property game is there. So like this might not be the only game. So maybe gamers would maybe not have watched it because not every gamer is into comics and TV. So I get it. This does put more eyes on the fandom. But at the same time, this would have been a baller of a surprise announcement there.
0: No, I, I agree. Like, I, it's like, I, I can I can see both sides of it. And it's yeah. like, you know, both I can agree with. And it's like, you know what? In the end, I'm, I was going to watch everything on Fandom anyway. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I win either way. I just think the game deserved more than a Friday tweet. But other than that, the fact that we know it's real is just super hype.
0: But it was a solid tweet. though.
1: It was a, a plus <laughs> Wait, under 140 characters. That takes skill.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we go from an awesome high to some horrible news here. Halo Infinite has been delayed until
1: 2021. Now, Ouch. just like you said, just like you just said, you can see it both ways for the Rocksteady thing. I can see it both ways for this. I'm going to try to paint the picture from an optimist perspective. Oh, Of course, of course. Even though, anyway. I'm, even though I'm not optimistic. This is soul crushing. Uh, very, very no, no, soul crushing. I, I
0: I, Greg, I know you're crying yourself to sleep, but but please paint your picture
1: at the same time though this game was releasing on xbox one as well that's why it's so crushing for me i was not getting a series x but this game was going to be in contention for my game of the year and i was very much looking forward to it but now it'll just you know it'll just go in 2021 that's okay
0: i would say cross it off the 2020 list
1: so so here's what sucks about it and then i'll paint the optimist picture It sucks because now you're launching your big new flagship powerful console without your big giant new flagship powerful franchise. The franchise that put your console market on the map, that sold Xboxes, that made Xbox the name it is today, without Halo Combat Evolved. The Xbox probably dies after the first one.
0: Oh, 100% easy. It, obviously, Halo was the game that carried Xbox through through life.
1: Now to to release a new console without a Halo game is crushing. Is crushing. However, the original Xbox was the only console that debuted with a Halo game. The 360 didn't get Halo 3 for a while after release. Yeah. The Xbox 1 didn't get halo five for over a year so it's not unprecedented it's and the 360 was the king of its generation and the xbox one would have sold more if they didn't flub the marketing so bad beforehand so i don't necessarily think that this console to be successful needs this halo game will it help absolutely will it help massively Absolutely. But I don't think it necessarily needs it. You couple in the fact that people love graphics and that's what this thing's going to have with the fact that it's going to have game pass. Another thing that's great value. You add in the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So supplies are going to be lower and demand is going to be super high because people are home. That's also another reason this thing will continue to sell and it won't take the hit. The big problem I see is that while the 360 and Xbox One did not launch with a Halo game, they weren't supposed to. This one was, and it was already announced. That's yeah. why it's crushing.
0: Now, now, my question is, they never gave you a date in 2021. How, how long of a delay is it going to follow suit? Like you just said with the other one, could it be a year delay? What if it you know creeps up to December 2022?
1: 2021, it would definitely,
0: no, no, no. Be. I know, no, but they didn't give you a date in 2021.
1: Yeah, but it won't be December, 2022. That's two years away. I,
0: I'm I ju- I'm Hey, well, you just said it got delayed a year. What's just another year. Uh, this will be the same thing as the last system.
1: Uh, yeah, but this one is a lot farther in development. I think that the, All right. I'm that, just, I mean, hey, I'm
0: just, you know, I'm just playing, you know, playing both sides.
1: I think that this, the 10 minute demo that it got at the Xbox series X show game showcase. I think that that taught the development team at 343 a lot of valuable lessons that yes your gameplay has to be tight but it also gamers expect a certain aspect of visual fidelity and the the landscape and the first look of it was really cool but once you got up close and personal with those textures boy they were rough and i didn't even notice it my first watch and i said it looks stunning and i stand by the fact that it did look stunning but when you really break it down it, it didn't look great up close and so I think that this is going to be more for polish. It's going to be more for graphical fidelity. I think they're going to figure out some more capabilities of the Series X as it as it launches. And I think we're in for – if it's not March, because I think March is the month. If it's not March, we're looking at probably October, November. It could be up to a year. Ouch. I,
0: I mean, hey, I know – I don't have no skin in the game, but I, I know – I, I feel bad and, you know, I don't want to see, you know, Xbox too bad because this. obviously, I wish you guys had this game at launch. Like I, I want, I want every, I want Xbox to do great. I want Nintendo to do great. I want PlayStation to do great. Like I just want more, more of this, you know, more games. I,
1: I think that this was, you know, the, I think a bigger problem for Xbox than just the piece of software getting delayed is what this does for game pass because every game showed at that presentation would be available at game pass day one and while there were 21 other games shown off that are all going to be available none of them are halo and if you yeah. if, if i told you that for 15 bucks a month you could play you know halo infinite at launch without having to buy the $60 version that means you could literally get game pass for 4 months before having before it would equal just the price of halo on top of yeah. that hundreds of other games that right there would have been a huge draw for game pass. And I would have resubscribed because I ain't buying the $60 thing, but I'll definitely get game pass shit. Battletoads comes out in a week.
0: I mean, at at that point to get all the games, you'd be stupid not to get it. And so
1: like, I think that takes a big hit is game pass. And, and because you have to think too, you would have a shit ton of people that would have signed up for game pass to play this, but you also would have had the millions of players from Xbox one that would have bought this game and series X at launch that would have bought this game. So you, not only are you missing out on the $15 game pass subscriptions, you're missing out on the $60 software for now. Yeah. It will eventually yeah. come out and it will be better for it. You know, that old saying of the delayed game is eventually good. Uh, you know, a rushed yeah. game is forever bad, all that stuff. So, you know, I think that's always the excuse we give a delayed game, you know, cyberpunk's been delayed a billion times and this, that, and the third. Yeah. So I'm on board with that. That's fine. And I'm okay with the delay. We have enough shit to play. You know, we'll, we'll be fine. But I get it. If you're mad, if you're disappointed, maybe not mad, if you're disappointed, I get it. I'm more in the, it'll be okay audience. But if you're in the, if you're in the damn, that was the reason I was going to get a Series X and now I'm going to go get a PS5, I, I feel for you.
0: Great. Well, welcome to, to the good side. And you, you, speaking of Series X, we now have a confirmation for a November release,
1: and they tr- they did this after the Halo news. So what they wanted to do was try to spin some positive PR after they yeah, of after what they knew would be the the negative shitstorm that would come in from from the Twitter audience uh, by delaying this game. The problem is they didn't even do it right. They gave us a release month, not a date, and like that's cool. Now we know it's coming in November, and we don't have to wonder. But like. You only had four options left. September, October, November, yeah, December. Yeah. It's, no, not, no. it's not It's no, like you no, had a year.
0: So th- this is their chess move. This is them moving their little knight. Boom. They move him his spaces. And now they're waiting to see what PlayStation does. Now is PlayStation going to drop the hammer and say, November 5th, here we come, or December 2nd, here we are. So I, I feel like that was just the chess piece
1: move. They don't have to move the chess piece because they don't have... Spider-Man's not delayed. Like... The big the big PS5 launch title is on track. All they have to do now is say their release date and their price, and they're gonna they're gonna be just fine because they don't have to deal with the PR of having their number one launch game delayed. And and that's like that's the thing is I don't know if Xbox knows when Microsoft knows when this release date is or if they even know the price yet because they're waiting for Sony. But Sony is in yeah. the Sony's in the driver's seat now because their launch title is still on track.
0: No, that, that's true. And I think we heard today with uh, Miles Morales that it's a full gameplay of him. they released another image. It looks beautiful. And, you know, I feel like, again, it's tipping in PlayStation 5, you know, losing, losing this. It's tough.
1: I just don't. I just hope that Miles Morales comes out on PS4 as well, because I have no urge to buy a PS5 this year. And I really want to play that game. So I really hope that happens. But I haven't heard anything yeah. about a PS4 version. I'm just hoping yeah. they kind of sneak it in and say, like, "Ha it'll be fine. So because yeah. I really want to play that.
0: More news from, from Xbox, a massive controller leak confirms the Xbox series S Israel.
1: And by massive controller leak, we mean the literal controller <laughs> has leaked yep. for Xbox series X. Now PS five months ago, showed off the dual sense and, uh, I think they did that right, getting the hardware out there early. I mean, Microsoft's new controller looks very, very similar to the Xbox One. It's more looking like the Elite controller because the D-pad is... No, no,
0: that's what I thought. I was like, oh, it just looks like an Elite controller. Like, I I barely saw any difference.
1: Yeah, they added a third button in the middle, and they gave it an additional, like, D-pad. I'm sure there's haptic feedback and all that cool stuff, but we're not supposed to know anything yet because it was just a leak, but apparently the box and all that... Has, has leaked to retailers. And of course, those retailer employees uh, put images of it online. But the interesting thing about the box, it, on the side, it says, compatible with Xbox Series X and Series S, which Series S has been unannounced as of yet, there has been rumors that this month in August it was going to be announced, and we still don't know what it is. Is it discless? Is it handheld? Is it a you know less powerful version? Is it a more powerful version that'll be more expensive? Who knows uh, what it is at this time, but because that box said that it's coming to that, it means it's real. It's real. Now it's yeah. only a matter of time till we find out what the hell it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like to think that it's probably more towards the PS five. Like it's, you know, you have your CD version and you have, you know, just digitally. I think that's it. I mean, I doubt they have a more powerful system. I don't see them doing that right now. I just feel like just disc and discless is is what they're
1: going to go for. See, I completely disagree that I think it's discless because I don't think you have to separate S versus X on a controller if it's only diskless and that's the only difference because no shit the controller would work and for the xbox uh, one they did a discless version and they just named it the xbox one s you know all digital edition and they didn't have to name it something different so i think that there will be a discless edition i just don't think that it's going to be codenamed series x i also don't think it's going to be a more powerful version uh, because X is just generally more powerful than S. It has been like that in the Microsoft e- ecosystem. It would be crazy though, if it's a handheld and that's where I'm going because they just announced X cloud on mobile. You can play game pass on Android phones. So instead of an Android phone, why couldn't you just hook your controller up to a handheld device? That Xbox no, could owns. Could be,
0: could be. Yeah. That's, no, that make sense. Makes that, sense.
1: That's where I'm going. And we got a couple DMs from people actually asking. And I held off my opinion until the show. I didn't want to put it in writing. But especially you, the corner view, we're looking at you, Tyler. I am calling it now it's a handheld. It might it's not okay. be a tiny Nintendo Switch style handheld, but I think this is No, but
0: no, it'll, hopefully it's either you know handheld or it's it's disless, so Hopefully they announce that soon, maybe within the next month, I would like to say.
1: Yeah, if but I just don't think discless is a big enough deal to hold it for a month. Like, what's the point? It's just it's just you can't put a disc or,
0: or in. you can see maybe in like a week or two they just do like an Xbox Direct or something.
1: I I think it's coming this month eventually, yeah.
0: Okay. No, it makes sense. Remedy confirms they're working on a new game that will mesh the control universe into the Allen Wake franchise.
1: And we just saw last week at the state of play that Control, DLC, all the Alan Wake experience. It was my number three on my top three favorite things about the state of play. And a lot of people got to talking like, well, is Alan Wake making a comeback? Are they going to finally make a new Alan Wake game? And when you hear Remedy come out and say, well, 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 pump the brakes there, Charlie. We are going to make a brand new game that brings these universes together, kind of base it off of that DLC and expand that DLC further into its own game. Now we're talking because Control was a game of the year for a lot of different outlets, including IGN's Game of the Year last year. Control of all games won it. And to have Alan Wake come back now, I wish it was his own game, but to use the popularity of a Game of the Year, it's a pretty good way to reintroduce a character that's been gone for 14 years. So good on Remedy. I'm excited to play
0: it. And and, and that would be a must-buy for you, right?
1: Um, it depends if they... If they were to remaster and re-release the original Alan Wake, then maybe, but I haven't played that game in over a decade, so it it would definitely be uh, something I would need to play again.
0: Crash 4 may be coming to Switch, after all.
1: In the code, which data miners love to, when something's released, dive into the code of it. How they even get the code, I I don't know. I don't even know the code for a freaking Genesis game. But
0: I'm lucky I know the code of my phone. Yeah,
1: for real, dude. But uh, they can get into the code of these games. And in the code, it had a Nintendo Switch version in there. So I think the precedent is there. Like the insane trilogy came to switch. Uh, Car- it, it,
0: make, it I mean, it makes make sense. At this point, friggin' CTR everywhere. Yeah,
1: CTR made its way to uh to switch eventually so nitro fueled so it just makes sense that it's about time is going to come to switch as well i don't think it will be the same day they would have announced that already i think this is a 2021 you know it's in the spring direct hey crash is coming to switch again i think that's where it's at but yeah i think eventually it'll come the the problem is i ain't waiting for it this time i'm getting a day of uh release on ps4
0: that's what i like to hear permadeath grounded and more are all here for the last of us part
1: two and it's free uh they're they're coming out with grounded mode which was the dlc uh from the first game the uh the difficulty level that really spikes it up enemies you know while they die quicker so do you and by die quicker i should say like on easy mode it takes three shots to bring down an enemy in grounded mode it takes one but a well-placed shot and enemies kill you in basically one hit and there's less items and less pickup and, and all that good stuff. I will go nowhere near grounded. That's all Anthony Caliber. He can speed run the grounded mode all he wants. Uh, he'll be doing that at SGDQ this weekend. Uh, but anyway.
0: Like, I'll, I still want to go back and I want to beat it on hard. But I like you said, I, I think I'm avoiding grounded permadeath. I think that's 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 just not, my,
1: not, not for me. Yeah, permadeath sounds intriguing, especially on New Game Plus. Like, I think that... That, you know, going back, having all my weapons fully upgraded from the beginning or from when I beat the game the first time and then playing permadeath, it would just suck balls to get 21 hours into that game and then die. And die. No, like,
0: it's funny because Devil May Cry had, it I think it was Dante Must Die mode. It was like every or like one of them was like one hit kills. But if they hit you one time, you're dead. So it's like, it's kind of cool to kind of see, you know, come back.
1: I, I think the... I think there will be permadeath speedruns and grounded speedruns quickly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Def- all 100%. And I'm excited to watch those because this game, I think this game is just getting so – I am not a Naughty Dog or Last of Us apologist. I just think this game is getting so much more hate than it deserves by a people that haven't yeah, even played it. It's still my game of the year, and it's going to be tough for something to beat it. I just – I really did love The Last of Us Part II. I really, really did.
0: Same here. It's up to Tony Hawk. WB games may no longer be for sale.
1: We've talked, is, is Microsoft going to purchase them? Well, they, they didn't apparently. And is EA yeah, or Take-Two uh, or 2K or or P, uh, or P PlayStation, is somebody going to step up and pay $4 billion for WB games? You would have gotten Rocksteady and NetherRealm for Mortal Kombat and Injustice and all these cool franchises. But then an email was sent out to the staff that leaked to Jason Schreier and others uh, in the game journalistic or the game journalism realm that said we are still owned and will be owned by this person who runs WB games. So it seemed to tell the employees, don't believe the rumors we are no longer for sale. I think uh part of that came off the back of how much positivity came from the suicide squad game reveal. Like, Holy shit, we're going to sell millions of copies of this game. And other yeah. parts of me said, WB man, fandom is going to be so big we're going to make so much money off of that let's get this train rolling so i really do believe that they won't be for sale anymore which is fine do i love wb games from like a they always do mtx microtransactions they always do them but at the same time they make damn good games so i am psyched for that
0: the newest bioshock game will reportedly take place in a new location
1: A job listing for the new Bioshock game, whatever it may be, was saying a new, you know, brand new, unexplored realm and world and fantastical place. Me, man, I love Rapture. I love going underwater into that crazy city, but I've already had two games of it plus the DLC from Infinite. And while I loved Columbia up in the sky, the the grapple hook and the the way to transport in that game was a little wonky. I am excited. I... Do I want it just on the ground? No. I would be down for like an underground thing. Uh, I would be down for like an island. That would all be cool. Um, hopefully it's not just on land because that's not yeah, Bioshock. But,
0: but I would say, but regardless, you're, you're going to get the game no matter what. It's still years let's away. Be let's, let's be real.
1: It's still years away, but I don't care if I'm 32, 35, or 45. Yeah. I'm playing Bioshock.
0: Oh, oh yeah, of course. If you pre-ordered Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remastered digitally, the warehouse demo is available
1: right now. We do not get access to it because we pre-ordered the physical version on Amazon. If you, true. if you pre-ordered it on the PlayStation Store or on the Xbox Game Store, it is available. You can play the warehouse in all of its glory. Uh, this is where our top three for the night is going to be. We'll get to that after we talk about the impressions of the demo because we both watched it.
0: Yeah, and oh my god, I, I watched it on it was Alana Pierce's YouTube channel, and uh oh, just him breaking through, like him just starting it, boom, busting through. It looks beautiful.
1: Oh, I, I a little,
0: I'm a little butthurt that I can't play, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm going to be patient. September's right around the corner.
1: Yeah, we're three weeks. I'm away okay. From this game. I'm, I'm okay. We'll we'll be fine. I can wait three more weeks um, to play the whole thing. But there were a couple things that stood out to me. Number one it's not free skate like in Tony Hawk four, like they're bringing back two minutes,
0: two minutes. Yep. Two minute
1: rule. Um, so I like the two minute run thing. I'm glad that they're not like adding missions and stuff like four did. Um, so that's number one, number two, both of these are negatives and I hope you can turn them off and I'm almost positive. You will be able to turn the one off, but maybe not the other boy. Howdy. Was it annoying to listen to them go Yahoo when they landed something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you do know how to turn that off, let me
1: know. You you'll probably just it'll probably in every single game ever you can turn down the music and you can turn turn down the sound effects. I'd imagine there will be a third option for voices that you can just turn down and not hopefully, hopefully. and not have them go yeah when they land a big trick because it was cool the first time and then annoying as shit by like the third. Yep. Um So I hope I you can. I'll, I'll I'll curse on that one. Little little childish on that. That's all. I, it's just that's a kid thing. I don't want to. I don't, this isn't a yahoo thing i don't want i want to just play and the other I mean, one I'll, is I'll, I'll
0: drink a Yahoo. But whenever
1: you uh grind with your trucks there were sparks like that's lame i've grinded a billion things in my life and never once has my board sparked so i really hope you can turn off that bullshit because you just don't need it i don't need the flare yeah th- th- that that one
0: it, it, that one didn't bother me as, as much. I just thought was like, Oh, huh, okay. I see what they did there, but it was, I didn't, you know, it didn't, you know, pull me one way or the other.
1: I'm just not one for flames in my games, I guess. Uh, I actually, uh, you know, that, that WWE 2k battlegrounds game they're releasing in September, like the arcade yeah, yeah. one. So it's 40 bucks and I have it pre ordered on Amazon. They're doing all these character reveals and every single character reveal, the characters are on fire and they're like, They're doing like these super moves on like surrounded in flames. And I'm so annoyed at the flames and I don't know if you can turn them off. And every time I comment to the development team, can we turn these flames off? And they've yet to answer. Uh, I've canceled my pre-order.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, you canceled, right? Okay. Perfect. Just as I thought. I don't want the, right. You did the right
1: move. I don't want the flames. I just don't like flames in games. So yeah, I'm, I hope that you can turn off the Don't flame. not twisted metal. I, well, that's a different kind of flame. I, I hope that you can turn off the the grindy sparks, and I also hope you can turn off the voices. But other than that, dude, it looked like a Tony Hawk game again. It played tight. Yep. It was it wasn't floaty. It wasn't like a Robo Moto game. It looks like Vicarious Visions is doing a very good job here.
0: Yeah, I, I cannot wait to play
1: this. Let's go into our top three for the night. It's gonna I be mean, our, my, th- my Hold, th- three, hold on, I like, hold on, we oh. haven't even said what it is. It's our top three favorite skaters from the Tony Hawk franchise. So any skateboarder that appeared in the games is on the table.
0: I mean, again, you know, this game is nostalgic for us. About, you know, we, we play different characters, different reasons. My number three, I felt like I just had to go with him. I went with Tony Hawk. I mean, him, him making the game, them squeezing in a hey, you're able to do the 900 and us watching 900 live like that was you know like i still remember the moment i know you do i i it's a moment i i can't forget and I, I just felt like i had to go with tony just for that alone
1: i never ever ever liked playing with tony hawk i hated it matter of fact well
0: you're always like that with bands like if people if you like the band and someone liked it they started loving it and they, and they got big you stop listening so you've been like that the whole the, your whole life
1: yeah, except that's wrong and uh no uh, fallout boy i love fallout boy I listen to them yeah, but, constantly.
0: No, yeah, but you said their new shit sucked for years. I don't want to hear it behind closed doors. Don't believe what he says, guys.
1: No, I. I he, may don't,
0: like, he may like him now, but I'm telling you, there was a time where he didn't like them. Right. Except, him. I
1: except I don't like Tony Hawk because he's goofy footed. And if you would have let me finish my sentence, you'd have said that. But, but you'd have heard I'm me goofy. say it. Okay? I'm goofy. That's great for you. I just said, I don't like Tony Hawk and he's not on my list. Not you. That's great that he's on your list. I don't like any goofy footed skater. I love Eric Costen tough for me to play as him because he's goofy. I just, because I was regular footed, I just, like my mind just went towards that and you were goofy footed so you were, like the way tricks work in your head just work better goofy footed. That's awesome for Tony. Not me. All three skaters on my list are regular footed Um, and if I was like that, Sam, I wouldn't have bought the Tony Hawk games in the first place. Just, Just to put that out there. So, my number three, he was my first ever favorite skater. His name is Andrew Reynolds. The Boss, huge frontside flips, huge everything. Back then, I even think he was on Birdhouse. I don't think Baker even was around in the first or second Tony Hawk game. I can't remember who he skated for. I think there was a sponsor between Birdhouse and Baker. I cannot remember. But The Boss, I love the street skaters. There are no vert skaters on my list. Um, although it was tough to keep Rune Glyffberg off the list just because I named him Rune Gilfberg. For the first five years I played that game, had no idea it was Glyphberg. But shout out to the boss, Andrew Reynolds.
0: My number two, basically created a million tricks. Rodney Mullen, yep. one of probably the best skaters ever. Uh, no one, his manual was off the chart. No one, he was the best manual guy in the game. So if he you sure want to keep continuing your your you know point tricks, keep it going and going you wanted to play as Ronnie Mo.
1: Yeah, you you nailed that one. Uh, his ollie was always a little low. You had to build that one up over the game, but his balance stat was crazy. His manual stat was crazy. The godfather of skateboarding, off my list, didn't make it. But damn it, he was tough to keep off because, man, when he came in the game at two, he wasn't in the original. When he came in the game at two, maybe he wasn't original. I don't think so, though. But damn, dude, like... How crazy. And in that documentary, he tells the story of how he got into the games. It's a great story. Maybe my favorite part of the movie.
0: Yeah, that was actually a great segment. Uh,
1: My number two, just because of his style, the way he dressed, the way he acted, I just loved Chad Muska. Um, I I had a feeling you were going to go with him. Yeah, I didn't love his specials. um, So that was never a thing. And I think in later games, you could even customize the specials and just make anybody special special. Available, so I think I was always tweaking with that. Uh, but man, just like to have him do, I think he did the boombox grind where he just like did a 50 50 with a boombox. It wasn't my favorite, but I love the fact that they brought in the boombox. I love shorties, one of my favorite brands. Um, I just loved his style, all of his clothing options, and the deck choices. Man, the Cadillac Muscalade, I loved yeah, it. I,
0: I remember
1: it. You had one, I never yep. had one. You had one of those decks, it was black, like. Yep. That was probably my favorite deck you ever owned, even on top of the cool birdhouse uh, graphics ah, and stuff.
0: Always, always the other one for me. But it, this was definitely a great board to have. Yeah. What
1: about what about your number one?
0: And real quick, I just checked. Um, yeah, Rodney Melman was not Antonio Pro Skater 1. He Thank started in 2. Thank you, sir. Do that there. And my number no surprise, Buffy Lansing. He's been my favorite skater since a kid. I stole pictures of me with one of his board with my nephew Nico on there. Um, you know, I have good memories with, with Bucky. I always watch him kind of compete the X Games, him, Tony, Bob Burnquist. But for whatever reason, I was stuck with Bucky. I always thought he was the man. He still skates. He's on Subaru's racing rally team. Uh, he owns a giant tortoise and feeds him with giant watermelons. It's, it's, I, I follow him one. I'd it's a great follow, especially if you like dirt bikes, stuff like that. Him, him still doing tricks with Tony, so it's awesome. Bucky Elastic,
1: my boy. Your first ever deck was a bucky elastic birdhouse and it had the rooster on it.
0: Yes, it. yes it did. I think I the first two I had I think they're some with the same like uh farm animal. It reminded me of like Looney Tooth that same like rooster.
1: It was supposed to be the, it was like there, yeah. they couldn't do it for licensing reasons, but yeah, they, it was very, very close to, I think it was like farm glow. Yeah, I, 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 I think
0: the one, even the one is, is him holding like the magnifying glass or something like yes. that. I think that's the one I have a picture.
1: of. Yeah. I loved those decks. They were super, that,
0: I, I think that was my favorite board.
1: My favorite deck I ever had was the, was well, not my favorite that the first deck I ever had was the Tony Hawk bird yep, skull yep, Hawk. thing. Um, so, yeah, just I remember on Christmas Day getting that deck and yeah. calling you. And,
0: yeah, 100%. Like I was going to say, I, like, I remember Christmas, like you just said, your first deck, Tony Hawk, I was doing all
1: these out front. Uh, we, Kevin McCormick judged our ollie contest. It was awesome. Yep. Uh, my number one, still one of my favorite skaters to this day, cannot believe he's still rocking and rolling at the level that he is. But Jeff um, yeah, not only crushes it on commentary for SLS when he does it, He's still, he
0: still has to be commentary.
1: He is still just complete dedication to skating. Yep, hundred uh,
0: percent. Jeff never, Raleigh, never forget that commercial, Vance.
1: First, yeah. complete dedication to skating. First of all, he had the best special grind, the dark slide, uh, and yep. he even had the rally dark slide where he would stand on the middle and the tail, and not the nose and the tail. Man, I loved his specials. I loved everything about Jeff Riley because I'm also a flip guy. Flip was my deck choice growing up. So to have anybody represent Flip, I was always into it. So I'm down. Love me some Jeff Rally. Good choices. Uh, you no, went – I saw solid all around. What, who was your number two? I'm sorry. Ronnie Mullen. So all right. So you had two vert, one street. I had three streets. So some good representation across the board from both vert and street.
0: Yeah, we, we did good. And the last topic we got on games, Madden 21 is introducing a 6v6 game mode called The Yard.
1: It looks so dumb.
0: Yeah, I was like out. I was. I haven't bought a Madden game since like thirteen, so or fourteen. Obviously, I'm good.
1: Did you Did you watch this trailer? I did. Yeah, it was like a minute and a half or something, and I wish I could get that time back.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, thank God it was only a minute. He, oh, no, I was like I, I just a hard pass. Like I don't even think about it.
1: They 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 made it a big deal. Like you can customize your avatar, and I'm like, we know everyone looks like they've been spray painted. Like it was. Colorful, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It, 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 to me, it, they just missed the miss me. Complete mess. You're gonna love this or absolutely freaking
1: hate it. I can, I listen, I appreciate innovation because we always talk about them being a $60 roster update and da, da 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 da. So, like, they tried the story mode before, they're trying this. Man, do I ever appreciate them taking a risk? And I love like you know, NFL street or backyard football and stuff like that. So, oh, like, 6v6 yeah. yep. is, is a cool idea, but you're going to try to make it. In the same play style as Madden, and I don't want that. I want a yeah. Blitz style game. I want something where I can go pile drive the quarterback six minutes after the whistle.
0: Dude, you nailed it. Blitz. That that's what I would. That's what I would want. The percent.
1: Yeah. So hard pass for both of us for Madden twenty one. Will be the third year in a row I skip Madden, and I'm okay with it.
0: I saved the sixty seven dollars.
1: A sixty. Yeah. That's you know. It's a lot. It's a lot more now than it used to be.
0: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: All right, let's get into the movie section where we're actually going to drop a review, uh, our own review of "Pretending I'm a Superman." Yes, we talked about you know Ralph D'Amato and our interview with him. We we hit on the doc throughout this episode a little bit, but now let's give our impressions of it. That it's it's available on uh, August eighteenth, and we've both seen it. What'd you think?
0: I think well, our cut was I think was it hour ten,
1: hour twelve, yeah,
0: hour twelve, and I. Guys, it, it it just brought me back to all these memories of, of playing the games and, and hearing details that, you know, we didn't know before or the struggles here of going here and what Tony was thinking over here and just it just brought a, a different aspect. It, it just kind of I'm just going back in my head just thinking of the good old days, watching skate videos and actually skateboarding. I I, I thought this is a must watch documentary for everybody, even if you skated or, or,
1: or didn't. what I loved about it is it also spent 20, 25 minutes telling the story of skateboarding and how it became popular and culturally relevant. And like it, like in LA. And, and just in general too. I mean, yeah. like we're yeah. over here in, in Philly and we felt that impact too. And Tony Hawk, the games came along at the perfect time. It was the perfect storm. You'll hear me say that during the interview of like, if this game came out two years earlier or two years later, it would not even have had close to the impact that it did.
0: I I mean, but it was everything. Like like you said, everything was that X games, him with the trick, the game, like everything fell perfectly into place. Like you hear things with, you know, when they tried to buy out Tony and him making, you know, him saying like, I made the best, you know, business decision on my, of my life or of my answer. So I was like, "Wow, that's like I, I didn't know that." I mean, you you think okay, he's probably offered something, but you know, good on Tony.
1: Yeah, they they dive into the business side of it. They dive into the the behind the scenes of the game. They dive into the progression of the games, moving through THPS four and a little bit into Thug and Thug two. They even slightly touch on Project Eight. Um, Ludwig Gerr, a Swedish filmmaker was the director of this film does a great job in his directorial debut, at least of a non short film and or YouTube video. So, um, really, really loved it. If you like the Tony Hawk games, if you love skateboarding, if you just want to know more about skateboarding, or if you like us are very excited for these remakes coming out September 4th, what great timing, August 18th, it's available. I even have the IGN review.
0: Oh, okay. Let's let's, let's see what they got. Let me hear.
1: I wanted to do ours first so we couldn't piggyback. Let's see if if they agree with us and if we have anything to say about theirs. Okay, and
0: and, and if they hate it, they didn't skateboarders. Okay, they're nerds. Got it.
1: A documentary about video games and even more about skateboarding could sound like a strange mashup, but... Pretending I'm a Superman is a polished film that weaves together the story of not only Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but also the influence the game had on so many skateboarders, from pros to those inspired to pick up a board and start riding on the street. Anyone who has nostalgia for the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series or who grew up skateboarding won't be able to look away. While Pretending I'm a Superman focuses on the growth of the sport with stories of kids and teenagers picking up skateboarding and learning trick names after playing the game, It it's hearing professional skateboarders that you grew up watching talk about how much being in the game changed their life that proves that this is incredibly powerful. 9-0. 8-0.
0: Okay, no I I think I gave it kind of my rating. I, I felt like it was a nine though. I, I really enjoyed the film and I, I'd agree with everything they said.
1: Yeah. If I gave away the, the one piece of the film that didn't hit me very hard, I would be giving away a spoiler. So I won't, but there was about a five minute segment that I thought was a little forced, but other than that, nine out of 10 all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Let, what is next? I'm sorry. I have to like go through all my notes as I'm trying to like, do all this craziness. Cause I still have interview notes up on my computer and, and all this shit. So I no, do they said it's, it's out
0: everywhere. So that, that's not on like Netflix and stuff like that.
1: right? No, no. Available to purchase. So it's available okay, digitally. Okay. Um, okay. it's on like, uh, voodoo and, and Amazon prime and all the other places you can, and per, you know, purchase movies, iTunes. I want to say YouTube as well. You can purchase it. I don't know the purchase price out. Imagine 1999. Maybe like fourteen ninety nine because then that would be a great pickup. But I, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna pick it up uh, because, yeah, like I mean, you it, said,
0: yeah. It's, I know, I feel like we, we have to support, it and I, I want to see if they, you know, I want to see this
1: again. Yeah, like you said, they may have changed stuff from the screening that we got, so I want to see that as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, def- and we'll definitely support Ralph and the team because they did a hell of a job, and it'll, it's an, it's an honor, sir. Of course, it's a damn honor. So let's get into the next story uh, here in movies, and this one's real big. And I, and I have not asked your opinion and I don't know your opinion, but I kind of think I can guess AMC theaters has shared a detailed plan on reopening just in time for new mutants and tenant a week after opening on August 18th. So really, really soon, or or maybe next week. Yeah, it it is. It's next week. They're going to have a big promotion, uh, for August 20th, where you can get tickets to any movie for just 15 cents
0: Um, on gold all right guys you know hey i said like to me it's only a matter of time you mean it's gonna wind up on disney plus i'm just gonna wait for that yes pennant is christopher nolan's movie it looks great robert pattinson uh denzel son washington i forget his first name but it's his son he was great in ballers
1: he was Uh, awesome in ballers he was was, was great
0: yeah but i'm I'm not rushing you know I'm not rushing in theaters as of yet. I'll let everyone else go first. Let me know how it went, how long. went. If, if it was great, you let me know. I'll, I'll wait. I, I'm in no rush to go run into AMC. There's no movie. I don't think New Mutants intended is is, is something I have to go run out to right now. No.
1: We got an overwhelming response on Facebook and Instagram and, and even Twitter of yeses of people that will be going back as soon as it opens, which doesn't shock me because the folks that answered it I kind of knew that they would sway that way. But at the same time, it just shows that people are over the situation and this situation ain't over you. So uh, I'm with you, Sam. I'll be staying clear away from the movie theater for a long time, potentially forever. The, the difference with that is I was never a big movie theater guy to begin with. So I'm probably not the target audience.
0: I mean, I, of course, I'm definitely, I would say I'm more of a movie guy than you are, but you know, I'm just, I don't want to be, you know, the, the first scapegoat going in. Let me just wait. Just like people buying new systems. You want to buy the first PS4, or PS5 system and wait a little bit. and I, I think that's, that's how I'm going to approach
1: that. I just wonder the, like, like you said, the configuration, are they going to be, is every seat going to be six feet apart? Because at that point, what's the point of going with a friend if you can't tap him on the shoulder and tell him a joke? Uh, it, you know, I know movie theaters are not where you go to talk. They're where you go to watch a movie so I can see it, but I can't take my kid to a theater then I can't, well, should yeah, I go, Sit yeah. On my lap?
0: Yeah, she's six feet away
1: from me. What about people that are going on first date? Movies is a huge date thing, but guess what? Yeah. It ain't going to be now if you're six feet apart, maybe some people will think that's a break from their, from their significant other. But at the same time, man, I'm not taking Ashley there. What the yeah. fuck?
0: No, nah, I know. I, again, like it, it's cool that they're trying to reopen. It. Of course, a lot of things are closed. It's March, obviously. Every business has taken, you know, a beating. But again, let's be patient. We'll wait it out. If, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get back, you know, to normal.
1: The, eventually, the movies in 2020 at 1920 prices. That's the name of that friggin' promotion for 15 cents. <laughs> they couldn't have found something shorter. But for August 20th and August 20th only, all tickets will be 15 cents. They even say plus sales tax. So what, 16 cents? And uh Yeah,
0: they'll throw throwing a whole penny.
1: They're not they're not stopping there. Um, they're gonna be bringing back old like events like five dollar tickets.
0: Did they tell you how much popcorn was? It's thirty-five five,
1: fifty. It's five five bucks. They even said it somebody put on Facebook like, Oh, the popcorn's still gonna be, you know, a hundred bucks. And they even they wrote back like no, it's gonna be five dollars. So, which is still ridiculous. They dr- they
0: dropped it fifty cents <laughs> it's for the, them.
1: It's ridiculous. The uh the five dollar promotion. They're going to include movies like Black Panther, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Grease, Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back. So for that, that's cool because that'll be the first time a lot of Star Wars fans our age will get to see The Empire Strikes Back in theaters. So that's yeah,
0: no, no, that, that, that that's a good point. Now I'm thinking. On one hand, I'm thinking, well, most people probably already own the movies. You know, like I yeah, own most of the movies you just named. But so you said, okay. Having that theater experience for that,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. you're so, the good point. so so. I think that 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 is cool. Here is my big problem with the entire strategy, and why I think it's ass backwards, and people should see through this and and not go for it. If you lost six hundred and forty seven million dollars or whatever that figure is, it's close to that number through a pandemic, and you can afford even for a day to give away tickets for fifteen cents. That tells me, and it's something we all knew before, but it's putting it in stone that the profit margins you make by charging people thirteen fifty to go see a movie is fucking ridiculous.
0: Well, I was good. You said thirteen fifty, and again, that could be sometimes. You know, if you go at night, it's like an eighteen fifty. If it's three D, HD, twenty one, twenty two. So it's like, yeah, no, you're. The profit market, fifteen cents, it's like all right, you know, what they I'm sure they, they were handed a package, they got a lump sum or a bailout type of you know, type of deal, but I don't know. I just I I just guys just make sure, guys and girls, just make sure you think about this before, you know, you make a decision. Just you know, make sure it's the right move.
1: It'll really make some people, I hope, really think about going to the movies in the future and paying 13 plus dollars for a ticket when you gave it away for 15 cents, they're robbing you. It's flat out. You are never going to convince me. Otherwise they're robbing you. We already knew it because we all thought the movie price were too high. Hell, I that's mean, why you on. go. That's why you go to the matinees. Cause you could see a $6 movie, but even then that's a hundred times more than 15 cents. So like, no, no,
0: you're, you're right. You know, again, but then that, that's me, you know, Going into Mad Days and also sneaking in a snack or two. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really taking the
1: deeper way out. It's just so crazy to me how much of a ripoff the theater is. And this promotion isn't a good thing to me because now you're going to get people back in droves, potentially, when droves is not something we should be doing right now. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not 100%.
0: You know, no, I, you know, it, 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 it's a tough situation. I, I understand, guys. I you know I've been in the house like everybody else. I'm balancing off the walls again. Good song, classic. But you know, I'm I'm just trying to hang in there and just, you know, practice social distancing, you know, I I just want to get through this and and try to hopefully get, you know, life life back to somewhat back on track.
1: And and you know what? They're going to have the theater, I'm sure at, you know, half capacity and I'm sure they're going to take safety measures and you have to wear a mask during the movie, but guess what? People aren't going to do that. And they're going to take oh off. Oh my God.
0: Once you say, Oh, I have to wear a mask it, during the movie out immediately out. If I'm like, when I'm at the movies, I want to be comfortable. The seats are comfortable. I want to get comfy. No matter what, I'm never going to be comfortable in a mask period.
1: And there, there are people on AMC's Facebook in the comments saying, guys, just wear the mask into the theater and take it off. Once you get in, they're never going to be able to enforce it. And like, you already have dickheads saying that on AMC's own Facebook page bro i can't wait for the for the freaking viral videos that are going to come out of assholes during movies yelling at other people for for you know I'm not wearing a mask. Just put the fucking thing on. And like you said, and if you don't want to, then just don't go. Like if you can't abide by these, if you can't abide by these guidelines or you're one of these people, and guess what? It's your right as American. If you want to be those type of people that, that don't want to wear the mask out of these stores, but guess what? That's what we have to do. And if you don't want to contribute to society and help out, and if you don't want to comply, then stay the fuck home. Yep. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Go
1: find another place that doesn't enforce it. There you go. Go
0: find another way home, and beat the Boy.
1: Jared Leto's Tron Three finds a director. Boy, do I not care.
0: I, I mean, you know, Tron One, of course, was good. Tron Two, I, I just thought was, you know, it, it was okay. I liked it. I didn't love it. Like I know a lot of people did love it. Um, I, I, I like Jared Leto. I think he's decent. I'm not in no by any means in a rush to see this at all. But if I do. I probably
1: would see that in matinee because it'll be, it'll look cool. You, uh, you dug though. You like Tron legacy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I just thought, I thought it was okay. I don't, I think the first one to me was still a little bit better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that's just me.
1: The new mutants, like we just said in the AMC thing, will reportedly still release in theaters later this month. They actually gave a date of August 28th. So the 20 cent ticket thing you can get them for advanced screenings. I, I want to say, I'd like to think, because those fucking movies won't be out by then, <laughs> *Tenant* or *or New Mutants*, so you can buy them like in advance. Um, so I'm sure they'll have like you know the times and stuff like that picked out. But I think the big story here is that *New Mutants* is actually going to happen, and it is looks it? like that now with AMC announcing their opening plan, that that whole September 4th Disney Plus thing was fake
0: yeah i I mean could be it, it could be where they just had a, a crazy last minute kind of deal or change or an idea or something you know we don't
1: know it I also think because the company that leaked it uh was Australian, maybe Australia isn't getting the the film in their theater so maybe it's going to Disney plus in Australia and not here I don't know I don't know that
0: that's actually a good point anything like
1: that yeah yeah which means that which means that anybody who wants to pirate it just like wait a week and then you can just <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're good and then you can just pirate it from somebody who puts the HD version from Disney Plus on the internet for free. I don't know. I don't I don't support yes. pirating and I don't do not it or whatever, but but we are not numb to the fact that people do it. So, uh last story in movies, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. No, not that Star Wars Holiday Special is coming to Disney Plus. This is a new one on November 17th.
0: This Kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Very I, I, much I so.
0: Hear, yeah, I, I don't remember ever hearing about this or reading about this, but this is awesome. This is why I finally I'm getting some new stuff on Disney Plus because I feel like I've been stagnant on there. I'm just waiting for Mandalorian season two, but they're
1: still taking my eight dollars. It's it's funny because they keep saying this is coming to Disney Plus and this is coming and that's coming, but there's never a date. So it's like we have all this shit coming, but we don't know when. So it is nice to know that this is coming. I would love it if they threw up the original Star Wars holiday special, that horrible Hug Day one or whatever it is.
0: No, no At first, when I first read the story, I thought that's what it was. I was like, oh, oh, this is Lego's okay, cool. It's new. All right, no, I, I think it's cool for the kids. For for me. you know, Lego movies are always fun, so I'm in for it.
1: If it if it's in the same vein as the Lego movies, then yes, I'm excited. If it's just another Lego thing like you can find all over the the kids version of Netflix, I'm not interested. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this is probably a skip for me anyway, just because two things I'm not super duper duper into. Uh, I love the holidays, but I don't love Star Wars or, or Lego, so I'll probably pass on this one unless Helena's like, Daddy, Lego, Star Wars. I don't think she'll ever say that, though.
0: Yeah, not, not yet. At least you got a little
1: bit. All right, let's move into the television section. And the, uh, the first season of Stargirl is complete, the 13th episode has aired, we have seen it. Let's talk about the show as a whole and then, without spoilers, what we thought of that finale.
0: I, I mean, God, when you talk about a show that kind of took me by surprise, that I did not expect to like it as much as I did to be looking forward to every week to watch this. And and I, if, it, if we have a you know, top three shows, I mean, this this was a, a great – this was fantastic. I mean, I think this is everything you want a first season of a show to be, no?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I came into this completely blind, having no idea about the Justice Society of America at all, or the Injustice Society of whatever. So, like, I I don't know much about them. Hell, I still don't know everything because you know we're only at the end of it's, season it's, one. Yeah,
0: it's all new, and you know they only you know you still didn't even see the, all the characters here. Some of them weren't even teased. Obviously, they teased on some great things, but there's still so much left that they could do in this world.
1: And for me, not having a clue, and really the only things I could do is either Google it or ask you for somebody who doesn't know anything and who had to resort to either Googling things or asking you about them. I still was able to follow it. I was still able to connect to these characters except for the sun. I was still able to, uh, I was still able to, to really enjoy it. And just like you said, out of kind of nowhere, I think when this got announced, we were laughing like, yeah, this show's probably going to flop. And then it turned out that, it might be the best thing on Disney plus this year, maybe even last.
0: No. And I think a lot of people said the same thing. Like, well, the, this show kind of came out of nowhere. Like the positive feedback, like it, 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 I think it's one of the best rated superhero shows. Like besides like arrow, the first like two seasons. Cause I think that was like a hundred percent, but yeah. th- this was fantastic. I mean, Luke Wilson, Amy smart, Breck Basker who played star girl. Like I, I love the main cast. I love the supporting cast. I love the superhero characters. They use the villains. I love the absolute tease that they did for 13 for basically set up season two. Like that character was never, is is never shown before to my knowledge, you know, at least live action. So I I think that if you have not watched Stargo, you have to.
1: And there is a mid credit scene at the end of the finale. There is a mid credit
0: scene. Yeah. It was fantastic. Like it ended like, like it ended and I was like, man, I'm going to get pissed. there's going to be no episode on, you know,
1: I will. Monday. I will say this. Um, I I think just to cover my ass. I'm almost positive. I earlier said it's the best thing on Disney Plus. I meant to say DC Universe app. If I didn't, I don't know what I said. But I just want to CYA on that one. Um,
0: no, no, you did good. And and, and also that it's, you mentioned DC Universe that season two isn't going to be. Or it's going to be strictly on CW now. So, you know, you had, you know, I was reading the fans were worried about, you know, cost of production. Is it going to be the same place? Like, no, we're still going to shoot, you know, where we are. A couple of things are going to be changed a little bit, but is it worse? If we didn't think that we could bring you something, then something better than season one, we wouldn't even bother doing season two. But he was like, well, we're excited. We're, you know, we're going to get back on it. And, you know, hearing his cycle is like, great. I, I cannot wait to see where they go with this show.
1: What's something I'm excited about for this show? And something that caught me by surprise about it was that at first glance, it looked really family friendly and it looked, you know, more geared towards the the teenager, even yeah, young yeah. teenager. Just by the vibe of it, it wasn't Swamp Thing. It wasn't Titans. It wasn't Doom Patrol. It was more the family friendly, didn't have the language and things like that. But they take risks and they also put some very adult content in there as well that i didn't expect the amount of deaths that we would have gotten and maybe they're not all permanent but at the same time they are as of this as of this recording so oh yeah you
0: know they, they were you know either they're frozen they were stabbed you know like that. again it, it was a brutal it was you know it definitely i don't know if it was eh, for kids kids but you know it, it definitely you know it, it draws that line that you know
1: it's a it's a I, tv 14 I would say, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, yeah, TV twelve, thirteen, like that, that range, and and you know, again, coming for me, like, am I going to get over that Luke Wilson's in it? And, and I did, and I'm looking at him, like that's that stripesy, like that's that's who I'm looking at, and and you know, I, again, the, like you said, the mid credit scene of, of of a character, and it's like wow, like there's there's so many ways that they can go with this, and 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 they got me. I, I'm on for the ride.
1: This will be in contention for top three show of the year. Absolutely, one hundred
0: percent.
1: You know, we have Umbrella Academy, we have The Boys season two, we have The Mandalorian. If it doesn't get pushed back, like we have a lot of things still on tap. I have a a couple shows that I that are in my contention from Netflix. So uh, there's going to be a lot of space for only three spots. But to know that this is even a contender when we would have thought at the beginning of the year that this would have been a pretender, that's a damn good thing.
0: No, one hundred percent.
1: Let's go into the review. For Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the series finale.
0: Okay, before you start, if you read, don't please, hopefully, if if it's spoilers, I'll I'll, I'll just pop out because... I, I, this is all I have left to watch. i actually been caught up and I watched everything. I just have to watch this for now. I, I didn't get a chance.
1: You think I'm not a good enough host, that if I see a f- hey, spoiler, hey, I won't j- read it?
0: J- just checking because, you know, you know I, 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 I'm lucky not going to I didn't see any spoilers or anything like that. So I just want to kind of finish this one out. Like, I, I'm in it for this ride. Almost at 100, or I think it did have over 100 episodes. So it's it's good to see that, you know, I, I still think it, it went on a, a season or two long. But it's good that they, you know, they got the ending that they weren't cut short. They got the ending they knew it was coming. They got, you know, hopefully what they deserved.
1: Well, also after a rocky start, season one got pretty shit reviews. So for well, them to stick no, well, with know,
0: it, one started off great and then it just took a slow decline.
1: Yeah, and and I'm glad that they were able to hang on for as long as they have been. What six yeah. or eight seasons or something like that.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's our seventh. seventh, that's it. Yeah, it started in 2013. I mean, we 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 normally won't just read some random review of an episode, but this is the series finale. So yeah. I'll, I'll read the review, and like you said, you haven't watched it yet, so I won't ask you for your impressions. But given that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. may only now exist for a select audience of diehards and that every character dies in the episode – I'm just kidding – <laughs> this two-part finale was exactly the type of send-off the show needed to deliver it moved nicely filled with a lot of action and special effects to close out this thing but most importantly it took the time enough time to touch base with each character and give us the closure we've craved when all was said and done
0: yeah, that's good to hear 8 yes so, no, that that's good. I, I think that's exactly what everyone wanted because they had so many characters on it. There's a lot of story for each. What the hell was happening? So it's good to see that they 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 they, they, they fucking crossed the bow nicely.
1: Tied. Tied the
0: yeah, bow. There you go. i was
1: <laughs> It's late. It's ten o'clock. Uh, so this right, next, start, more, we, so. we talk a lot about the boys on this show and just some more news about oh, this yeah. show,
0: dude. This came out of nowhere, for dude.
1: Me. Literally, nowhere. Super hype for this news. Sean Ashmore joined season two of the boys as lamplighter.
0: And if you don't know who Sean Ash- Ashmore was, he was in the Iceman the first three, he was Iceman. So, to get him as lamplighter, I was like, oh, yeah, he's back. So, I'm just freaking so hyped to see.
1: What, what, what's he getting to in The Boys? All right. So let's say The Boys Season 2, the first three episodes, they drop at, let's just call it noon, on September 4th. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the same day that Marvel's Avengers comes out, but it's also the same day that Tony Hawk comes out. And Tony Hawk from Amazon gets to your door at 11.58 a.m. What are you doing dude, first? What are you doing dude, first?
0: So, the way the post office has been delivering, the mail didn't... When I started this, the mail wasn't here. Last three days, it got here, like seven thirty. What
1: are you doing if they both arrive at the same time?
0: Uh, I'm watching the boys. Yeah, me too.
1: I, the uh, boys, I think, will be available at midnight. So I think yeah, just yeah, and
0: you know, and just knowing that there's you're only getting the first three, I feel like I'm going to just devour that first three sit on that for a second and then I go to Tony Hawk.
1: The thing is, my wife is actually a huge The Boys fan as well. I got her into so the you better theater.
0: hope that you guys can watch it right away. If well, not, no, it's no, that's you.
1: the thing though. I work, I you know, yeah, that day. Yeah, so I actually can't watch The Boys till that night anyway. So, you know, I'll just take my lunch break and play 30 minutes of Tony Hawk. That's all I'll get. I'll have to wait until The Boys is over and she goes to bed before I can play Tony Hawk. So I'm actually going to be The Boys first just because I can't do either when I'm working. Oh, okay, gotcha. The Patrick Star Show has been greenlit by Nick. This is a SpongeBob spinoff all about Patrick. And I'll say it, if I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. I just don't care.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're, 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 we're grown out of it. And, I don't, you know, your daughter's not really watching SpongeBob, I don't think yet. So I don't think it's a show that you're at least jumping at the bit for. But I feel like maybe this is a show that probably has happened a little bit too late,
1: maybe. Yeah, like a, a decade.
0: You know, but, I mean, hey, maybe it'll be good. Who knows? So, hey, good, it's, good for you.
1: The, the thing about SpongeBob is it's one of the shows that kind of transcends the growing out of it thing. Like, if you grew up at SpongeBob and liked it, you probably still like it.
0: No, like, it. Like, not know. My nieces were over, like, I, before COVID, when they were over, when we were- they were over, she would, you know, put on SpongeBob and I would you know, sit down right next to her, watch SpongeBob laugh and remember, well, I remember watching this episode and the next episode, oh, it's new, I don't remember this one, you know, so,
1: yeah. I just never watched it. I missed it by just like a year and just, yeah. I was just at a point where, man, once I picked up a skateboard, I put down the Nicktoons. So I just I like missed this one and uh, I, I just never cared and I do not yeah. care about the movies, the games, nothing. So this one's just a complete miss for me, but like you said, probably a little too late.
0: Yeah,
1: no, problem. No. yeah, you're all right. The Hulu Animaniacs reboot got a release date. It's coming November 20th, and I can't wait. I love it, and I love that it's on Hulu exclusively.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have Hulu, so, I mean, I bought I the Animaniacs. I loved them as a kid, and, you know, November 20th, thats freaking. I, I didn't realize it was that fast, so I'll have
1: to figure out something. Yeah, like I said, man, you can have my logins. I'm that good okay, of a Okay, cool.
0: Then there I, go. Then, then I can watch that. Maybe I'll finally watch that other Marvel show. That The Runaways. The Runaways just on two or three seasons.
1: Yeah, I, you know I won't say I'll which one. Out. I won't say which one. But you hooked me up as a friend with some logins. I'm hook. I'll hook you up with a friend with some. Oh, logins. Oh, look at
0: that. One hand, watch the other.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> no, Fresh Prince. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air is going to be rebooted as a drama for an unnamed streaming service. Out. So now, out.
0: I I don't want no part of it. I uh, I just you know I, I haven't even watched the, the old ones, the the original in years. But if it's on, I love it. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. Uh, I'll just stick to my OG version. The drama, hard pass.
1: Is it weird that I'm from Philadelphia and never really got into that show?
0: It, I would say a little bit. You know, he was born in you know North Philadelphia. I was born in South Philadelphia, so it was like you know.
1: And in I, the show, I, I almost felt
0: like I had to watch it. And in
1: the show, he's from West Philadelphia. Oh, oh well, it was West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> you imagine North Philadelphia, born and raised. I mean, it's the same
0: shit. I mean, it, it was it was, you know it was Will Smith. He, he was still it would still work.
1: Yeah, way. it's uh yeah, but I I just I like you. If an episode was on, I'd watch it. I just never like... I, mean, I mean,
0: dude, I just love the relate. Him and Uncle Phil, rest in peace, James Avery. I just... Okay. Him and, of course, Carlton. I mean, Jesus. I mean, they, for, for Barry Romano, they, they were fantastic. I, I love the whole cast. I mean, the are Jeffrey... Oh, God, here I go.
1: I completely understand the cultural relevance that the show had. It just never was a show that, like, did it for me. Listen, I like Sister Sister. I liked, you know, Married with Children, and that's probably not the right demographic. Like, the TGIF shows, like... uh Full House and uh damn it, what's the other one? I can't remember on TGIF. So I like that style of show. Yeah, it just never really. This one just never really touched me. And now yeah. that it's gonna be a drama, dude, I oh, couldn't be more. Yeah, you're, you're even more out than you were. To call something the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and to not have it be a, a funny like comedy, I'm out. I I guarantee they just call it the Fresh Prince or something or just called bel-air oh god they could they probably will they do that all the time where there's name shows after a place and it's so i listen i love ozark just as much as the next person but like i'd much rather it be called the launderers but uh all right olivia munn reportedly returning to relaunch g4 tv
0: i mean i think this is actually good news i i love olivia Munn. i only watched back in the day a little bit of her on g4 I really loved her in the newsroom. I thought that's probably the best thing she's ever done in her life. But I mean great this is a great. Uh, I'll definitely check out hopefully she comes back for more four.
1: I loved her in the newsroom. She was really really good in that.
0: Dude, show. that was the best thing she's ever done. Yeah. I, I, when we I, I just I just heard uh what's his name? Um Daniel's. What's his first name? Jeff Jeff Daniels, he was doing, um, the, the round table and he was just telling about newsroom of dialogue He's like how everyone, like, if you weren't die, like if you weren't said of all the pages you had to do, like, it was just such like a strict, but like, they all loved doing it. They were all so prepared. Like it was, just, it was great to hear like they loved it as much as we did.
1: Well, yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember the writer's name, but he's the same guy who wrote Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron, thank you. It's a Sorkin thing. And Sorkin is heavy, heavy, heavy dialogue. Witty. Quick-witted puns, yep. like that's what he does. He's oh, and, the same and, and, guy who and, wrote and, The Social Network. He's the same guy yep. who wrote The West Wing. So, like, and that's what it is. It's dialogue-heavy stuff.
0: Oh, and, and remember the stuff that Daniels would say is like, "Oh, he had to memorize that guy." That's I mean, that's why I think he's such a versatile actor. He can go from Dumb and Dumber to Newsroom. It's like. Well, look at that range. Come
1: on. Yeah, the show did fall off in its later seasons, but that first season was one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen.
0: I I think it only ran for three seasons, but I agree. The first season was phenomenal. The way they closed out, it was okay, but the first one was, was fantastic.
1: I yeah, I really like that. And When we broke the news about G4 coming back, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe last week. I can't remember. I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about attack of the show and I couldn't remember the other show that they were trying to with the, like their other flagship show. And it was, yeah. X. it was X play
0: X play. I don't remember that
1: one that had Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. That was the show I watched more. That was more about games. Like that was just games, games, games.
0: Okay. That's, yeah. So you're probably there. And I, I, the little bit I watched was G4. Yeah.
1: Attack of the show. Oh, attack of the show.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Sam, what's your CGC spotlight this week?
0: See, just this week, we got Batman. No, no sketch this week. I felt like, you know, three, you know, I'll wait a little bit, then hopefully I'll, I'll come back in with some more sketches, get a couple more done. But this week we got Batman 189. This is the first Silver Age appearance of the Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane. Came out in February 1967. So, you know, Silver Age, you know, I, I get there's a little, little growl. 9-0, Off-White White Pages, Gardner Fox Story. Sheldon Moldoff and Joe Gila are Carmine Infantino and Joe Gila cover. Um, his first appearance came in the golden age. It's detective. It's just a little expensive, a couple thousand. So I, I don't have that one on the radar, but maybe one day it's just a beautiful yellow cover. But I had to get the bat one to 189 to hold me over for the silver age surprisingly there's seven nine eights on the census which I, I didn't expect it to be that much 29 sixes 39 fours and for nine two and nine oh both 43s on each so it's not to me like this book would be more if you're if you're looking at batman of course when you get in the comics you start small you might start with a five oh go to a six seven eight you know i think i started at like a seven hit an eight and then just jumped to a nine i just feel like nine ohs and above i just, feel like you just met where I wanted to collect and it kind of felt, it, it just felt good to me. But only one story in here, it's called Fright of the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow, his origin is retold. He's a psychology professor, Jonathan Crane, motivated by the derision of his peers, takes inspiration from fear-based protection, rackets and crafts, a amassed identity of himself as the Scarecrow. So it was good they had to bring him back from the golden age. I think, you know, Scarecrow, I think he's one of Batman's you know, one of his better villains, like, again, if yeah. you saw, you know, Batman Begins, I, I thought, you know, Killian Murphy, he did a fantastic job with Jonathan Crane. Like, I, I almost consider Batman Begins almost better than The Dark Knight. Like, I really feel like two films are, are held in such high regard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my spotlight this week, Batman, 189.
1: And there it is, folks, episode 199 in the books. Just, Just seven more sleeps till episode 200.
0: Oh gosh! Can't believe it, man. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have done it with anyone else. I would have, and I and I, and I wouldn't have wanted to. you. May have wanted to, but you're stuck with me.
1: If I no, if I were you, <laughs> so I would. Now. I would have if I were you. I talk a lot and uh, yeah. and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, the way the way I always tell everybody, I said, I'm just an extra body. I was like, "Great to host for you know this is this, this is like your your passion. This is you went to school for this. This is." This is you, and I feel like you you hold this down so well. And I wouldn't want it done
1: with anyone else. Same brother. I love you very much, man. So that that was episode I'm 199. Okay. Thank you. That was episode 199, everybody. Uh again, just a quick one. Ralph D'Amato, the interview will be available Monday, the seventeenth. So if you're listening to this episode before that, wait for it in your feeds on Monday morning. Uh if you're listening to this later than that, just go back in your feeds. Um uh, actually Nope, nope, don't just let this one play because it'll be 198. But uh listen, we couldn't thank you enough for, for coming along for the ride, and, and we will see you next week for the big one, episode two. I wish I could play Tony Paul. <sighs>